You look lost in thought. You look really deep then. I was just saying, well, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tell me. That siren, right? <laughs> yeah. You know how alarms are like sort of counterproductive because every time there's an alarm, everyone's like, is, is that just another test? Like, do we need to do anything? Yeah. Do I need yeah. to leave the restaurant that I'm currently sitting in? Yeah. Because I don't really want to. No it, one... It's not the emergency it was designed to alert yeah. people towards no at all. No one's instant response is like... <laughs> Where's the gathering area? Who's leading this? <laughs> Who's leading this procedure? Where do we go? <laughs> What's the issue? Like everyone's like, oh, just kind of waits for it to end. Yeah. And when that sort of siren earlier just went up, I was thinking, if like the apocalypse comes and shit starts hitting the fan here, mm. it, has the government got uh, alarms? Like when you set up a sound system at your restaurant in Barangaroo, mm. does? it come like is part of the you know technical putting together of that so that your system gets to play the alarm that the government sounds if you know like so like so so, so that people know that it's a legit alarm react to it like, well, like you does would, it where does like it you should. Not, yeah where does the alarm actually sound from like because oh right like you know through the speakers or is it yeah. just where's it from yeah I, I, I don't know that would depend on the place but okay so you know how you would have studied the cold war at school yeah please don't assume any knowledge there. okay but well the cuban missile crisis yeah, yeah so yeah. when there was that sort of 11 or 12 days where you know things in the sort of nuclear stalemate were very tense and that was kind of the moment where people were thinking okay nuclear codes are like the people that who are you know guarded with the duty of pressing the launch you know the launch codes yeah they they've gone for some training a, a refresh course mm. if you will mm. and you know if stuff if that ever happens like where does the alarm come through you know if the government goes okay we need to get evacuated sydney city mm. don't they send out like big text messages to everybody <laughs> i've had Probably. a few of those like warning me of alerts scheduled alerts for you know friday whatever at this time we're going to test out the emergency system throughout the city, the one that you're talking about. Yeah. I've got no idea where the klaxons are or like what the sound, how it's being produced. Anyway. I'm happy to leave that as a new age mystery. I like yeah. that. That's, the, that's just a piece of magic I'm not interested in uncovering. Yeah, I so. know. Nor do I think we're capable of not discerning the answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the reason I'm happy to leave. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we launch straight into it then? We should probably launch straight into it. Yeah. Okay. Now, Rolly, I'm going to get you... To, I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 10. Okay. Three. Is that the alarm? Three? Sorry, what alarm? That thing that just went off. Is that the alarm? How do I know it's not? That, was, that, was a, that, that is a form of alarm. That's a boat going, Oi! 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 But when shit's hitting the fan here, will that sound be involved? Like, I'm imagining all boats and, like, all buildings alarms just working in tandem. Yeah, but can't you... You can... You discern different types of alarms differently, don't you? Like, that one, I know, is a... Fuck, you wouldn't want to be on board with it making sounds like that, would you? <laughs> That's like a ghost Forget about it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I, you we said like, we were going to leave it. You learned that... that well, okay. You reopened it. <laughs> you like learn to discern different types of alarms different ways. Like a bell on a bike is a type of alarm. Yeah. 
yeah. and there's something like there's an urgency to the ones that really matter that you know about yeah that you just like somehow you're aware of like you're oh yeah that's a real maybe one. because they're not the sounds that you normally hear maybe yeah. they're so different yeah so that as to not be ruled out by those that pre-learn like okay that's a bike bill I don't need to run yeah. to the hills yeah 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 <laughs> that's just a bus beeping at me because I walked out in front of him yes yeah. fair enough how's that thing that happened in Hawaii when they sent out a text message about incoming ballistic missiles that was fake yeah dude I know someone that was in Hawaii at the time whoa yeah what did they, they say just, they were just like it was just you know it wasn't even it was just confusion was the main thing but also like there was a fair bit of time like 45 minutes to an hour where they just thought shit was about to hit the fan there. What's that gut feeling? I don't know. Like during those 45. Yeah, well, like, so oh. this is, I was talking to a guy that was a new dad. So like his, you know, four or five month old kid. So his sort of first instinct was just like, I don't know, to just make sure the kid was okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, Imagine being 90 minutes drive away from your child though. And like, yeah hearing that you've got 60 minutes to get your shit together I know that feeling like yeah did you get to, I didn't even really research what caused that how does no. that even happen I don't know is that just is that just one guy who didn't have his coffee that morning maybe yeah just a really big cock up yeah just yeah you'd like to think that whoever was in charge probably doesn't have a job now yeah you'd hope so <laughs> anyway look <laughs> Let's leave it. I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Okay. What is it? Um, I'm pretty sure it's seven. Funny that you should say that, is Roland. It? <laughs> Tell me it is. Yeah. Yes! Always. Okay, so... Why? So this is exactly the thing that I was, you know, I've been attempting to uncover. Why do people always pick seven? And if they don't pick seven, why do they always then pick three? Do they? Yes. I'm happy you're the only baseline data I have about this. Surely you've got... Everyone <laughs> Not always... something I ask people frequently. Okay. So, I was reading this article... <laughs> Fuck, man. ...about a guy in the UK sent out, like, an online survey, which reached about 50,000 people to try and find out what everyone's favourite number was. And it was like, it didn't didn't leave your choices between one and 10, it was open-ended. You could put whatever number you wanted. Okay. And yeah, so about 50,000 respondents. Seven was almost 10% of people's favorite numbers and three was the next highest wow. hit with about seven or 8%. Wow. And so I've been like, sort of mulling over this thing because when, when you're asked to pick a number between one and seven, it's an inordinate, you know, like a disproportionate number of people will think of seven. Okay. I think like, okay, so say whatever sample size that was, there's only going to be an extreme minority who have a specific number that's in the tens of thousands that they love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a very small voting, voting minority. Yeah. Not really. I'm trying to like figure out the 10% because if it was just like numbers one to nine, 10% doesn't, 10% sounds below what it well, that's what it should be, but right? that's what I mean. Like, ten, yeah, ten percent would be proportionate if the, if it was only the numbers between one to ten were offered. Okay, one to ten, or like one to nine, but including zero. The people, well, that's it's the same thing as like nine. blacks are color, dude. And some people are like, no, it's fucking not. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> zero number. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the conclusion. I've got a few things to read out. Okay, here, okay, All because right. uh, basically the. What I found interesting about this, because this is certainly something that I've been conscious of in, in my upbringing, is whenever, you know, things are decided by, you know, which, and when, 
you know, these are things that happen primary school lunchtime or, you know, PE, picking captains for yeah. table at lunchtime, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Think of a number between one and ten that teacher would do, always go seven, okay? Because it's just like, it's often more correct. Like, so I'll read some stuff out to you. I don't think I'm explaining this very well. Well, you're explaining a theory really well. You don't sound like you're explaining facts all that well. Um, so I'm really just... Okay, here we go. So this is so the guy that ran this survey, this was something that he wrote. He said, we can explain the popularity of seven as a favourite number by looking at a classic psychology experiment. When asked to think of a random number between one and ten, most people will think of seven. Our response is determined by arithmetic. The numbers one and ten don't feel random enough. Neither does two, nor the even numbers. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> you just you're announcing this like like it's unquestioned data. No, but like here you go. So basically, what they're saying is that there's there's a psychology, the way that you feel and think about numbers. So they were saying that even numbers, because their nature that they're evenly divisible, yeah, makes them not feel random. Like you can't divide three evenly into a nice number. So what it's saying is that. People are attaching like emotions and thoughts of randomness to prime numbers, to numbers that doesn't have anything to do with their actual probability. Mm. So this is how that the results are skewed so that it's seven. So people go, okay, even numbers are divisible. They're not random, even though, you know, they are statistically speaking, the odds of someone thinking of two in, as opposed to seven should be the same, but same level of probability if you take the environmental factors aside. That's what I'm saying. So we're saying that five sits in the middle of one and 10. So people think that's too obvious. I can't pick five. And then nine, because it's divisible by another number within the one to 10 group being three, people are like, well, that's not random. So seven becomes the only one that people are left with. It's the, it's the one that feels like it sits randomly in that group Get because you. everything else seems to have divisibility divisibility or they like, sit on the outskirts or in the middle or you know they have relationships to that numerical window and other numbers within it yeah yeah so is this people conflating the word random with unusual yeah well, basically p potentially like they're trying to pick the most unique number or something which is the prime number yeah and then but then there's other things to do with seven that it feels like there's a sense of, you know, like the seven days of the week. Mm. Um, so they talk about the calligraphy of writing the number seven, how it's got a straight line and then like a slight curvature. And there's something about that sort of, I don't know, just like complementarity of straight and curved that mm. like people just have this weird affiliation. Just gets their blood going. Yeah. Just gets them bubbling, ready to go. Anyway, I just thought, <laughs> you know, it's quite interesting to think what? about... What's, um, are, there, are there real world implications to this randomness? How is this manifesting, this psychological phenomenon? Well, I'm just saying itself? that if, if a situation ever arises where someone is thinking Be, Beyond the situation to, when someone's asking you what, what's the number You don't know what's at stake. <laughs> it could be a lot more than just being the captain, you know, getting to pick first at table at lunchtime, dude, you know? This is, I'm just saying, this is... I'd a, say it ha doesn't it have more to do with the honesty of the person asking. To fess up when someone guesses it correctly or to just go, no, nah, wasn't thinking that. <laughs> Prove me. Prove me wrong. <laughs>
<laughs> Maybe. Look, I don't know, man. But now I'm gonna. Okay, this will be a bit of homework that I'll do, and I'll report back next time we sit down. Sweet. I'm gonna start trying to basically use this as a cheat code, and assume that you know we've debunked a psychology that most people aren't delving into yeah. <laughs> too much. Yeah. So I'm now gonna try and gain legs up in different things, you know, that happened in my life. Yeah, cheating in what sort of arena? By saying, you know. Who wants the last bit of the cake? All right. Oh, um, okay. Think of a number between one and ten. If I guess it right, I get it. <laughs> oh, of, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. You know, it's like scissors, paper, rock, but, <laughs> yeah. but like a more sort of complex version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I told you I didn't have anything serious to talk to you about. <laughs> That's incredibly serious. This has huge <laughs> bearing on what kind of person you are. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, well, I'll let you know how I go with it. Hopefully, right. hopefully not to anyone listening. Otherwise, they'll start fucking with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck. I didn't think about the reverse psychology implications. Yeah, you're making, you're making yourself a little bit of a target. All right. I've got one more thing, but if you've got something, then you go first. Let me have a look. Um, okay, yeah, here we go. So, that's right. <laughs> Wrote it down, forgot about it. Um, so I was watching a, a program on the television the other day mm. and there was a like memorial scene where this family mm. all writes messages into balloons, blows the balloons up with helium, yep. um, like messages to a loved one, and they all walk out and ceremoniously release the balloons. Okay, yeah. And like... I'm very much embedded. (laughs) (laughs) Where are we going with this? Well, well, okay, so I feel like I'm on the... uh, I'm one of the front runners to this issue, potentially. It's not an issue, but it's just something like... My thoughts are floating away with these balloons right now, dude. Okay, so what I'm thinking is, is this the equivalent? Is this going to be the equivalent in 40 years' time of what it is today to look at the same scene, but instead of letting go of balloons into the sky to land God knows where, it was a family from children to adults all smoking cigarettes. And we look back and then it's like fucking appalling. You think about that scene okay. and you're just like, sorry, there's an eight-year-old there like with a durry in his mouth. But, and I'm not saying that that was like status quo back then, but the whole idea of that toxic behavior being so acceptable and advertised and ce- celebrated so what are you, at the are you, time are you, are you, so, okay, in a let, pollution context is right, what I'm so getting at. So that's what we're talking about. So you're, yeah. you're basically saying that you're viewing the releasing of these balloons as just like well, essentially outright littering. But, fully. But and because thinking, it's got this sentimental <laughs> attachment, like ceremonial sort of element to it, we're like, nah, that's okay. It's art. It's in the name of art. And yeah, that's exactly where I'm getting at. Because like, I know I'm, I'm like morbidly embedded in the issue i apply myself to like this whole that pollution probably yeah. too much but it means that i can't not like that's all i was thinking watching this scene is like how many times did they film this is it yeah, like is it, right okay how many angles did they get is it only okay because yeah, it, there's a bunch of other use? people there filming it and it's it's creating art in inverted commas but you know i read like stories every day about birds with like literally like with balloons in their stomachs balloons being found 250 k's off the coast and something i definitely did as a kid it's the yeah. best thing ever like it's so whimsical and you you know your creativity and your imagination runs wild as it just fucking flies away but in the same way that 
there were we've had behavior as human beings in the past that we thought was not only acceptable but really good or yeah had, had a net positive rather than a net negative i was just like it made me think like how is this how would i wonder if many other people like, think about it think about it or more people will think about it in the future this is certainly the first time that i've i guess properly thought about it that specific action for it's a very solution. specific action yeah but i guess like it but it's you know just because it is like one action doesn't make it any less of a pollution issue no and for me it's the same thing that it'll represent this time period where we were like heavily endorsing crazy amounts of waste and so we'll see it glorified in our art in all of hollywood's products and stuff you know people drinking out of coffee cups like constantly and there's it's just it's so because we haven't thought about it at all well there's something it's everywhere like the releasing of a helium balloon is interesting because it's you're littering but like you don't know where it's ending up Mm. like you're not you're not seeing yourself just drop you know a napkin on the ground a used napkin on the ground seeing the evidence of it right in front of you yeah and like you know taking it to the extreme like hearing it or something you know hearing yourself crunching up a coke can and dropping it on the ground you're not having that like and then oh shit someone someone might see me and ask me to pick it up and put it in the bin just there like you can't put a helium balloon in the bin without bursting it but there's something to do with like just the blindness of of it floating away and then mm. just like not knowing where it's going and the mystery of like wow how far away could that end up like yeah but you're completely removing yourself from it well you're not only you're not removing yourself from it you're taking it but you're like flipping its significance where you can say the very same sentence with a different tone and it becomes from negative to positive where you know you could say like oh i wonder where that's gonna go it's gonna be oh it could be so far from here but you should be going like i wonder where that's gonna go like it could be so far from here (laughs) like it should be an yeah. emergency. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I it just like I can't help but think it's going to be a really iconic feature of our media from this time. Yeah. Like people will look back on it and it'll be like a real chronology identifier. People, it, it'll be sort of like a symbol of the time. Like environmental consciousness markers. Well, I I think about it in terms of like if if I was doing Year Twelve English in. Yeah. 2040 or 2050 when all our habits have changed and, and disposables don't exist anymore yeah. and looking back on some media from 2019 or 2016 as a text and yeah. thinking wow look how representative it is of the time that there's just fucking x y and z all over the place yeah. it just doesn't exist anymore like yeah yeah it's fascinating and i'm also thinking about this balloon release something is about it is just like I think it's like I think it's the reverse gravity of it like the fact that you're I don't know it's, it feels like because you're not dropping it and the usual force of gravity is exerting upon it yeah. it's sort of like you know resisting that in you know through its helium yeah it's a real um, yeah that's what makes it like feel a bit magical or like why it could be seen from that point of view like a ceremonial point of view yeah, it's like, you know the same thing wouldn't happen if we we all wrote notes to our loved ones, put you know put them in beer bottles and then just drop them, you know let go of them, and they just fell to the ground and shattered on the concrete <laughs> below you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I think you know I you know I I understand what you're saying about it. It's the ul- I, I guess it's like I guess it's the ultimate um, symbol of technology in a way that we've figured out how to harness helium and isolate it and 
you know, use it in the way we do and we can fill up this crazy thin film of like oil that we've hardened and fuck you nature, look what we can do with these two things that shouldn't be able to happen. Boom, let go of it, yeah. off it goes. It's like, I'm pretty sure that's not going through people's minds when they actually let go of it. No, because... But the, the, it's sort um, of what it... The sensation is just like so... <gasps> not the same as littering though. Yeah. I think that's the thing. The it's just that... Yeah, I don't know. But then, the, the, I mean, how do you... Say that was happening in real life and you and I just stumbled on it. And if you saw like people smoking and all just flick their butts out and you saw a big group of them, you'd be like, guys, sorry, like, I don't know about you, it'd be pretty hard not to stop and actually say something. Mm. But you can't do that at someone's like funeral or like some sort of like occasion of significance to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The cultural like connotations of where you're at doing that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be like, guys, stop writing your love notes to, you know. Can you, can you be less selfish, please? Yeah, like, stop. Yeah, don't put that in there. Don't let them go. It's, not, go, it's not going to heaven. Yeah, <laughs> express your emotion for your dead dad another way, kid. Yeah, I'd say the same thing, man. Same as you. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It, that's, it's really fascinating to think about, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Something else I've stumbled upon recently. It's a thing called fake vacation. Okay? No, not okay. <laughs> what? Now, why fake a vacation? Do you know more than 33% of men say they faked a vacation and the number of millennials doing it is 56%? Vacations are expensive and almost always over budget. So next time when you can't make a vacation, fake a vacation. So now there's now a service. It's called fakeavacation.com where you can choose the destination that you want to have vacation to. They'll then suggest attire that you should wear and then the, the customer, consumer, has to go and take some photos wearing this, the suggested attire. Yeah. Send the photos back to the company and the company will then Photoshop these photos and send them back to you so that you receive Ugh. basically a fake holiday bundle of shots that is then up to you to share or like whatever. What? So, so wait, the thing the, so 33%, are they suggesting that 33% of all? I mean, I, where, that seems absurd. I don't know, this is just on their website. I was reading it on oh, the okay. way here. Okay. This is on their About Us page. <laughs> Okay, I'm not, you know, <laughs> they're obviously trying to drum up the, the need that, for this service. I reckon that's some really, really dodgy syntax in saying like 50% of our customers are millennials, obviously, because fucking only children would buy a service like that. So it's 50 bucks. It costs 50 bucks or if you want to pick the, de so they have some, some um, pre-chosen destinations that are like ready to go. So mm. they're 50 bucks or if you want to choose your own destination, it's a hundred bucks. For the package and i think you get six photos and maybe something else but and i was reading some of the testimonials <laughs> had to cancel a planned vacation last minute ordered a custom package at, at this side and they created a five-day vacation for me thank you thank you <laughs> used fake a vacation to fake my pictures got 58 likes on the picture i shared oh, on facebook was able to spoof my friends and they believed it wow so like, what the fuck has this world come to if that's a thing? I'm sorry, but like, this for me just sums up like 
what we've spoken about before, about where a place or like a landmark, which is somewhere or something iconic and potentially photogenic, has been so taken over by, you know, what I would imagine was not the spirit in which people endeavoured to visit these places mm. in the past. Mm. Like, and this like just becomes, that second testimonial about getting the 58 likes on Facebook just speaks, I think, so profoundly to the way that like this, it's just like photographed and just like really visually mediated world that we live in now has become like so commanding mm. that this is now like, essentially the premise they're using is that the only reason you want to go on a holiday is not to relax or not to do the things that you do when you're on the holiday but to basically be able to have photographs to brag about to people yeah and to be like look look where i am look how cool this is yeah which is like i just found really quite disturbing it's yeah you it's making me physically sick to like think about this <laughs> honestly like it's having quite um, it makes me physically sick because it, it feels like a hundred percent dude it really feels like a um <laughs> a shift of the balance of the scales like yes it really feels like where as we established in episode seven or whatever the this departure of technology from nature or of humans from nature by preaching to the god of technology and applying our lives and our attention there instead of nature biology it's like where that was the secondary world and we the primary world was still the natural the 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 real world around us and this was like a secondary dimension a secondary world that you could just pop in and out of. it seems bigger now with stuff like that that makes me so up like disturbed to think that that world yeah. has grown bigger base almost bigger or like more meaningful to some people than what they can touch and see and feel around them that's more meaningful yeah because like you know certainly i think in, you know i think I about think. i've come back to this um I might have mentioned it to you before, this place called Roy's Peak in Wanika. Yeah, yeah. A track I did recently, which like up until 10 or 15 years ago was a very like sort of local, like you had to be sort of in the know to know that, about it and the view at the top is insane. Yeah. But like my family that live there have just sort of somewhat lamented about the fact that it's become just like really, really touristy yeah. in a very sh small space of time. And I think that's solely because Instagram has just made these things more visible. Totally, man. But there's still, you know, for me, is an understanding that while it might be a popular thing now, you still have to go there yeah. if you want to get the photo. And you still have to do the trek. And like, you're still, you're still going to be immersed yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in that experience. That Whether or not your motivations are because you want to take a photo of it, because you want to see the place and feel the place for what it is, mm -hmm. you still have to physically go out and set about doing that. That'd be, um, or I think we're getting some real wind assist right now. Yeah, we've got a pack of seagulls flocking. I think, um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> how are we, um, have you been hit yet? No, no, no. Close. Oh, here he goes. Oh, oh. Jeez, we are lambs for the slaughter. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. Okay, yeah, I think we're safe. I don't know about that, dude. <laughs> oh, no. I'm putting my hat back here on. Here they come. Here they come. 
Nah, all right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, I think, ladies I think, and gentlemen listening. Yeah, that was that demanded our. Yeah, immediate. sorry, all three people out there. <laughs> um, I think Roy's Peak in particular, it is, it is a spectacular. I've never been there myself, but I've, I'm only going off what I see in the photos, which is that yeah. where photos look similar of different people in the same place. The photos of Roy's Peak are all the same. They are identical. It is such, it's got such beautiful defined lines. Like from a photography point of view, yeah. the composition of that photo, just from the walking trail from being further up the back of it, you can confirm, Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah. like, it, it's just a no-brainer. It's point shoot. You've got these, like the, all of the photography is done for you because you've got this line drawing you into your subject, this beautiful, crazy backdrop. Like it's easy. Yeah. to achieve the exact same result every time. And so it's sort of probably been a bit of an archetype for this new thing that we're talking about because it's so repeatable and so accessible. Yeah. But I think you're definitely right. Like it's way better than having that entirely digital. Like it's better than, like even if your motivation oh. is just to get the photo, which you and I would probably contend is not as um, helpful a motivation as just wanting the immersion in nature for the experience. It's better than nothing. It's better you go and do it anyway. It doesn't matter what your motivations are. They're not yeah. do it at all. I yeah, agree yeah with, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And, and like, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, the, I guess, set of, sense of gratification that I experienced from having people like a photo that I'd shared of the place versus when I was actually sitting at the top of the mountain drinking a beer, just like looking out and just yeah. being like, what the actual mental <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, the sitting there and feeling it far outweighed, you know, anything that happened after the fact. Yeah, yeah. And that's what really unsettles me. And I think that's the same sense that I'm getting from you that makes you feel sick when you feel about Baker vacation. Like that's just oh, ludicrous dude, it's... to think that we could potentially shift to a world where like holidays become only defined by what you're able to share yeah. visually from yeah. them rather than anything that you feel. What's the follow-up though, if you're someone who does that? Like what, what happens when you see someone you, you know in real life, like holy shit, you went to Slovenia no, no. and you're oh, like, no, oh, sorry, um, that's, that's part of the package. They give you some like information oh, about stop. the place. Dude, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, I, oh. mean, I did read that on the website. So you can fool your friends. Like that, but, but that's just, what? That's just like, okay, we talk about like the way that Instagram is liable to very, you know, dramatically misrepresenting people's lives. But this yeah. website is actually just like teaching you how to lie yeah. to your mate, basically. Yeah. Like it is championing. It's championing something which is like causing the mass deterioration of mental health. Yeah. Which is like creating Holy a new existence for yourself. It, it, it's like an endorsement of this insanely toxic thing. Yeah, it's Talking like, about cigarettes and pollution, like if there's something that actually is unbelievably egregious, it's something like this. Yeah, it doesn't matter that you're lying to your mate. It, it, it matters more you just, that they think you did have this experience. Yeah. Like that has now become... Only forty nine ninety five. like side effects may include suicide. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Mate, it's just like it really unsettled me, and it, I think it, the website is, you know, very, uh, I would say, not professional at this point in time. Okay. I think it sounds to me like the first steps towards this thing that we've extrapolated, which is virtual experiences and going to places that have been documented so comprehensively 
by so many different people from different walks of life, different backgrounds, all angles covered, that if we're getting all that up to, to one common place, like a social media platform, like Instagram, have it all in one place, eventually artificial intelligence is gonna be able to create okay. the virtual reality that is visiting that. They're gonna have enough, it's gonna have enough data to actually collate pretty close to the real thing yeah. in a virtual world. You can just put your galaxy like glasses on or whatever the virtual reality thing you got on and you can just be there. And then that's almost like somehow more palatable than just buying like some just buying Photoshop photos. Somehow <laughs> like for some reason that's not as bad, but it's still the very same thing. It's like it's not the authentic it's, existence. Yeah, it's still accepting a constructed <laughs> reality over the real thing. Yeah, what the I, fuck's I really going hope on? that guy comes back, dude. Full face helmet and one of those little one wheeled scooter no handle things. It looks exceptionally fun to ride. Making sure He's taking now. it real serious. Yeah. Ah, oh, hence the helmet. Oh dude, that's his um I reckon that guy I love seeing people in their adventure suits. That's just a guy in his adventure suit. Like I feel that way every time I put my wedding on, put on like cycling gear, whatever. Have you ever been that's attracted to do like a Segway tour of a city? Absolutely not. <laughs> I've, I, I've laughed at too many people on Segways to be able to sleep at night after doing something like that. So my interest <laughs> remains nil. My interest is also <laughs> nil. But I'm just thinking about like, it would be fun to go around on one of them because they're pretty quick. If you could ride them, well, that you know, mm. get a bit of exhilaration. Mm. Yeah, I'm know. just trying to think about what purpose he has for that. Is he running a tour? That's yeah, is he idea. even getting from A to B? He's just out having a shred, dude. <laughs> shred on the fucking boardwalk, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sure. All right, have you got anything Yeah, else? so it's interesting you've raised this idea of um, perceived glory is basically what we're talking about. Because I read a story for my podcast the other day about a guy who was filmed hanging by one hand 40 metres above the ocean at a really popular tourist destination in WA. Do you know, doing those daredevil videos where people climb to the top of buildings and they're like dance around, do their parkour bullshit. Oh, like, yeah, with, God, it makes me sick. Oh, it's like crazy what that does. I don't know, but I get like a, it's so weird to like not know the person, not be there, have no investment in the situation at all, but still have like a physical reaction. Like I get that gut feeling of well, being up too high. Everything gets jittery that, and that, um, sweaty. What's Ugh. that one that's just been out in the in the movies lately? The off oh, free solo about the right, guy that right, right, exactly like, same thing. And I know, I know that he survives. Yeah, I know there's going to be no moment like where he drops from the wall and yeah. plummets to his death. But I still, I actually couldn't watch yeah. like a lot of the parts when he gets close to the top. And I was just, yeah. Ooh, it's yeah. Like the, <laughs> yeah. such a physical repulsion to yeah. just reckless attitude to life. Yeah, yeah. Is what it is. Well, totally. And so at least like that guy is really pushing boundaries in a recognized arena of, of like, you know, physical prowess. It's really impressive. Yeah so impressive yeah like walking to the top of a building and then just dancing around and potentially like ruining the lives of 50 people who are going to be involved if you fall primarily whatever fuck we decided to film and didn't say don't do this this is a bad idea who then has to watch it re-watch it show it to a bunch of people you know in the investigation of the incident all the yeah. people who have to clean that up like you just it's it, and it's all for this perceived glory because it, it's all for just the exposure on the internet and like basically judgment positive reinforcement from 
people you like a few people you know heaps of people you don't know heaps of people who might not even exist who might just be robots like it's all yeah. it's just such false gratification but it's enough to compel people to do shit These like insane this insane things yeah I know That's, it's terrifying it's crazy particularly because yeah as you say so many so much of your intended audience for that I'm assuming for these people is black people you will never see or know or potentially yet don't exist you have this like false sense of how viral I suppose like these things are going to go because you know I feel like for as many of these videos that might come up on your Facebook feed of people doing this gnarly stuff how many have gone unseen exactly exactly and like people just doing insane stuff and I hate that. That's what I hated most about Facebook while I was on it. It, it is accidentally watching something too far, like that crosses your boundary without yeah. you realizing because the you didn't have a choice. The headlines, like in a foreign language or something, but the video looks compelling or the frame grab looks compelling, and then you see something crazy and you're just like, oh, I can't unsee that. That was real, and you just have your you have a lot of decisions made for you about yeah. your exposure. But then I was thinking about like I didn't watch this one video. I, I like I've seen enough of them. To know what my rea- I don't click on them, but when I have in the past, I know that, that once I'm once I watch, I find it hard to look away. Like you're just locked. You're just like <laughs> there's this really hectic, morbid curiosity yeah, yeah. that goes on, and I'm wondering what that is because like I didn't lo- I don't like that experience, which is why I don't click them anymore. Well, maybe but I noticed like, it in myself. And maybe I think people that- just have weird like morbid curiosity is on a spectrum, and the people that film these things are just more curious than you are and just like get so much of a rush about potentially watching someone you know and this sounds really sick and twisted to say but like I you know I could never imagine I would in fact I know for certain I would never ever film someone that was doing something like where you know there was a chance yeah 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 you know but because clearly some people do it makes me so upset to think about those people. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, I wonder like whether it's speaking to, if there's a spectrum, if it's speaking to a fairly deep, entrenched, subconscious bloodlust that we all have and we're all like deep down pretty curious about that sort of thing. Well, maybe... Well, if so, like why would that be? Was it once a common part of our biology 200, like 200,000 years ago or 100,000 years ago when we... We used to be exposed to a lot more of it, and now because we're basically exposed to none of it by and large, that it like your response to it becomes really distorted. Well, maybe I'm just wondering, like from a yeah, like an animalistic point of view, because you know humans exist on this planet at the absolute top of the food chain now. Yeah. You know our our continued existence is not particularly under siege from anything other than ourselves, mm. and. There must, like, in a really sick and obscure way, watching someone dance around like a fuckwit on the top of a building and fall to their death is like just a really small metaphor for what we're doing essentially. Anyway, it's just like it's just a another person you have to compete with. Gone essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just Darwin. Yeah, in action. It, it kind of just is, and so I wonder if maybe that's where some of that like yeah. exhilaration comes from. Is like that there's you know I guess the promise of jubilation and success if the person achieves whatever it is they want to achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then like the flip side is well, it's just one less person to have to compete with if they don't. 
Yep. And not, you know, it maybe not a trait that we want to have in the gene pool anyway. Yeah. You know, risks life, risks other people's life. Yeah. For internet shits. Yeah. For perceived glory. I don't know. I mean, yeah. is there a silver so lining is, to be found? Yeah, there is. I think I just found it. I think this is, the silver lining is that there's no point in like loving it or hating it because if we're looking at it in an evolutionary way, then these are just specimen of our species who are just pushing the boundaries in an evolutionary sense. We need those people moving in all directions. Like that's yeah. the point of nature is to just like test every single okay. boundary to adapt to it. And we'll, and just, so, we'll just hit a few layers back. <laughs> yeah. Like imagine if, imagine if they found out that like the more you do that, then suddenly you're really good at maths. Or like the more you do that, you just gain some other skill, then it could be quite a useful thing yeah. for our species. I'm not going to be one to find out. I'm not interested in the data collection. Oh, Someone okay. else can go and do that. But yeah. that's how I'm reconciling I see what you're it. saying. So, you know, just as with anything, as with any form of, I guess, knowledge acquisition or progress or whatever you want to call it, there's yep. potentially going to be a few, few lost on the way. Yeah. You know, I it's, guess. It's all just one big experiment, man. Like currently you and I are just seeing what happens when you sit down on Barangaroo Boardwalk and start recording a podcast. Yeah, I guess it's like... Just find out. Yeah, we're risk takers as well in our own way. You can draw parallels to people that want to, you know, just do insane shit like climb Everest or something. Like, Mm. you know, similar kind of thing. What kind of burden does someone have to be like, I don't think you should do that because the chances of death are Oh, dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Especially when those things have already been done once. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 we, we know you can do it. Yeah, you don't need to it. prove anything to anyone. You know, <laughs> not me, <laughs> not your brother. <laughs> yeah. You're sweet, you don't need to do this. Dude, I was reading, in our dunny at home, we've got an old man's health, and I was reading it the other day. <laughs> How old? <laughs> Real old. Yeah. And there was like a, there's a little piece of like, what watches notable people are wearing. Some golfers wearing like a $45,000 Hublot. Then there's this mountaineer guy who's like, I summited three peaks in the Himalayas on the same day. I wear this $40,000 watch. And then he just suddenly goes into detail about how a Nepalese man died in his arms. And you're just like, fuck, cool, dude. Like, was it, was it holy shit, it? what did you get out of that then? Apart from a frostbitten nose and those memories, what are you like? Yeah, I don't know. Depends I mean, what the 4G's like up the top. Probably not very good. Well, maybe really good. Maybe that's what they're going there to find out. They're like, yeah, is this the best connectivity? I'm at the highest spot. I'm holding it even higher. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> I told you. I think it's just ridiculous. People at like ground level holding their phone like one meter further <laughs> up in the air. Yeah. To be like, signal is definitely ever. better up here. <laughs> And you're like, no, just ask the basketball instead of playing. I'll tell you it's not that great. Just go up to the top of the building and dance around. That's when it gets really good, okay? All right, we, yeah, yeah. we got to get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Where are we at?